Thank you for tuning in for episode 33 of Dirt Road Divinity. Today's guest, Allison Pagano, is a dancer and choreographer by training, education, and passion. And her soul's calling is not only to seek truth, but also to prompt the evolution and revolution of the reclamation of one's full self through the practice of embodied dance. Her stubbornness on behalf of her soul's calling is both inspiring and her wisdom and deep connection are clear. Whether you're a dancer, a healer, or someone wanting to get more in touch with all aspects of yourself, body, mind, heart, and soul, this conversation offers a juicy invitation to let dance guide the way. Also, I'm hosting an event, the Golden Gifts of Grace Retreat, November 10th through 13th in Sugarland, Texas. If you are ready to feel lighter, more connected, even liberated from heaviness, this weekend will focus on ushering in more gratitude, forgiveness, love, and joy into your life. Special early bird pricing is available right now. So please head over to www.goldenenergyleadership.com for more information and to register. I look forward to seeing you in November. Hello, this is Lisa Wade. Welcome back for another episode of Dirt Road Divinity. This is episode 33, and I am so excited to be talking today with Allison Pagano. Allison, hi. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad episode 33. That's a good number. I thought so too. It seemed fitting (laughs) for some reason. I just want to share a little bit about your background with the audience. As I was reading your background, I was like, I knew she was cool, but wow, I didn't know the depth of, of all that you bring to bear in the area in which you work. And I find it really quite impressive. So I'm going to share a little bit. <laughs> so Allison has spent 22 years traveling, training, and teaching in major universities, hospitals, private dance and wellness studios, and working with groups and individuals to find healing, enhance performance qualities, and support life in transitions through the dance movement and the healing arts. She's a former lecturing professor at Iona College and former professor of dance technique at Manhattanville College. She completed her MFA in dance through Montclair State University in 2018. Her choreographic credits are long (laughs) and, and many, and it's through dance that you basically birthed something new, this idea of embodied dance. Um, embodied dance was born out of a desire to fill in the gaps in dance training where the mind-body connection is often missing, as well as to provide a holistic approach teaching to and from the whole person. Of course, I love this notion. Can you share a little bit more about that? The idea of embodied dance and how you came to, to create this? Sure. Well, thank you so much for that. And yes, it is, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, I don't actually even consider what I'm doing to be new. Isn't that funny? Because, you know, my background is actually cultural anthropology. So studying cultures and studying dance, it's like people have been connected deeply to the body through dance throughout history. It's only recently in the last, you know, few hundred years that we made it this high art form where we're saying, you know, unless you're going to be this virtuosic person, you're not a dancer. Mm -hmm. So we turned 
dance into a virtu virtuosity. And we just said, everybody else, you just kind of shut up and watch. And in doing so, I believe people's um, emotional expression has become crippled, their um, mm. sense of intimacy, their connection to the earth, their ancestors, their hearts, communities, all of that, you know, I think is stifled when we take dance out of mm. what's common, you know? Um, so as I was training as a dancer and I started late, I started, you know, I actually wrote a post about when I started and, you know, I was told that I couldn't and I shouldn't and I'm too old and don't do it. And who do you think you are and all those things. And I was super shy and I did it anyway. <laughs> Love that. The thing that I noticed the most was that people were really angry and disconnected you know, in higher mm -hmm. levels of training, you know, especially like training in New York City and things of that nature. It was like people were super angry. They were abusive. And I was basically asked to leave myself at the door and throw my physical body around. Mm. And from a younger age, I had also been taking yoga classes, like from around the time I was about 15 or so. And I was interested in, you know, astrology and all these things when I was a kid. And I already had a sense that there was more. So I'm like, how is it this time on the planet, whatever year it was, and we're just talking about the physical body here? Like, there's so many other things happening. Why, why do we go to dance class and we just, we're just physical? We're not addressing like these other parts. So that put me on a bit of a quest to figure some of those things out. And I'll say I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have support. I didn't have anybody who understood what I wanted to do or why or why I was so stubborn about it. Uh, but I did go through some really intense, what I'll call initiations that made um, the quest seem clear about what it was that I was discovering. And it all kind of started back in Australia when I was studying school um, in 1999. So I can stop here for a moment if there's anything you want to say. There's, I just there's so out. much to unpack. We started <laughs> Australia in just a minute, but there are a couple things. Yeah. Number one, I'm the whole idea of linking back to cultural anthropology and a recognition of what has been such a common core in civil throughout civilization for eons, you know, or at least millennia that we've lost sight of, that it used to be of the people, and now it's, you know seen as only of a select few to do it right. Meaning, mm. meaning dance. And that's fascinating to me that that's where you started seeing that trend and that thread. Um, and a recognition that maybe we've lost something in, in our cultural, you know, as we seek technological fixes or, you know, to put people in, she doesn't have a dancer's body or, you know, you don't run like a real runner, you know, or whatever the case may right. be mm -hmm. that, that we've lost our, our confidence maybe to claim some of this for ourselves. So we end up dancing right. in the shower alone where no one can see us. And it might be a little dangerous, right. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. right. It. Um, or after you've been at the bar long enough and you don't yeah. <laughs> How many <laughs> shots does it take like yeah. <laughs> to grow the courage? Yeah, but, right. but the what hits me with that, and, and I think you you mentioned it, was that sense of community that mm. came with, with dancing, you know, as part of a community, a shared community experience that we, you know, with the exception of shots at a bar, you know, that we've lar largely lost. Um, 
and what that could mean for our, for our, our psyche. Um, the other thing that I <laughs> love it when women talk about being stubborn, you know, and just sticking with something. So what was it that inspired dancing at a later age and that when people were just telling, you no, what mm-hmm. was it about you that was like, damn it, I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was a lot of things. I think good, ill, and different. I've always been a super quiet, introverted person. And the upside to that is I was very connected spiritually. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen a lot on the outside, but I listened a lot on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I was wired that way from the get-go. Good, bad, and different. I didn't have a lot of social skills or like, you know, could make friends easily growing up, but I could really understand what I was hearing. And I could really understand what I was feeling. Mm. I couldn't communicate it at the time, but what I was receiving and feeling and knowing were always really, really strong, even though I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And, you know, I was always dancing in the backyard, you know, after school every day or cutting up the rug to Stevie Wonder when I got home, you know, but it's like my parents, I love them, but they never really kind of got that that's who I was or that that should be something that was supported. You know, they didn't get it. And I love them dearly, but I was like, they came from a different generation where there was other things that were important. So I kind of put myself in dance classes when I started working. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize that as I was dancing, that I could move energy and that I had this opportunity to completely change an emotional state. I had this sense of being free in my body. I had this sense of profound connection to things I couldn't explain. And it opened me Mm. in a way that I had never felt opened before, you know, coming from a person who before that was extremely introverted, like almost, you know, awkwardly. So to this point of like, Oh, this is what it is to be living is to be in movement. You know, I found this thing that makes me feel alive and free. Mm -hmm. and um, I want to do this, you know, and then I saw kind of how hard it was to do in the world and, you know, that you made very little money doing it and all of these things, and I had a lot of, um, uh, you know, negative, like I said, a lot of negative um, things coming my way about why I shouldn't do it, so I'd say at the end of the day to make, you know, to answer your question, It was really just a super driving force within that knew it was too painful not to do it and Mm. that I had to figure it out. Like maybe I wasn't supposed to be on Broadway. That probably wasn't for me. You know, maybe I wasn't. And I never, you know, there was a lot of things that I was like, you know, there's certain there's something about dance and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find it. And it's probably not the most traditional thing. And that's okay. But I'm going to take whatever road it takes to figure it out. And I don't expect other people to understand because you know what they have in it. They never have anyway, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, it's just between me and my soul. And it's like, you know, I was always coming from a place somehow of not wanting to regret the things that I didn't do. So I would often like make big risks and do big things because I hated that feeling of like, Oh, I should have done that. You know? And I knew that I didn't want to live from a place of regret even mm-hmm. from a young age. So I figured, what's the worst thing that can happen? My heart is saying this, I have to do it. That, that, that's just kind of what it was. 
Yeah. So profound on so many levels. And, you know, part of what you talked about there, the kind of the intuitive knowing, it sounds like dancing is connection to your soul for you. It's, it's a way that your soul expresses, but also the idea of moving energy. You know, I do a lot of work with my clients around sacral energy, especially, and have seen, you know, one client described her sacral chakra being shriveled up like a little dried up chicken nugget. And she was oh, right, wow. <laughs> you know, but oh, it's wow. like, okay, what do you do with that? And belly like, dancing. Yes. It's always going yeah. back to dance, right? How do we move our yeah. hips? How do we engage, you know, this mm-hmm. whole, this whole midsection and opening mm-hmm. it up and feeling mm-hmm. the music, letting it move through connecting with that. And that's always been such a powerful way to open chakras, get, get energy moving. So to hear you say that you recognize that from an early, from an early time, and now bring that into the work that you do, um, and to be so in touch with what you hear and what you know, and to feel that expressing or even being more solidified through dance, it's beautiful. I mean, that that's really yeah. beautiful. I talk often about, you know, what makes your soul sing? And in this mm-hmm. case, it's like, what makes your soul move, you know? And, yeah. and if, if I remember, you even work with clients on, on like choreographing their own, almost like their right, right. soul choreography. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's beautiful. So so many things to that because it's like dance is this, you know, incredible nonverbal communication, right? Mm. It's this, it's this body language on fire. And um, what do they say? Like nine, I don't know, 80 to 90 something percent of our communication is nonverbal anyway. So it's like when you're dancing, it's like my, my deepest seeking because of my probably... (laughs) I don't know, for good, whatever. My soul is here to kind of understand what is truth. What is the truth, you know? So in dance and in um, looking at the body in terms of nonverbal communication, it's like the body is always speaking what the truth is. Like you could be saying something, but your body language will say something else. So it's like the, you know, the actions are louder than the words in a lot of ways. It's that similar sort of thing. So in doing hands-on healing for 22 years, I also learned a lot about body language and I did a lot of body language training with certain friends of mine who had apprenticed with this one man who had this epic body of work, um, Patrick Collard. And it was all about limiting beliefs and where like your stuck emotions and your, um, your most negative thoughts, like where they hang out, what each part of the body is speaking when it's locked up, when you're having injuries, when you're having trauma. And there was this whole like dictionary of tendencies around like every part of the body. And I was fascinated because it gave like a this manual of understanding of, you know, how to also free yourself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just saying, hey, listen, like, you know, you're you're boxed in and you're messed up, but it's like, you know, basically if you can get the mind, the emotional body and the physical body all on the same page, you can pretty much heal anything. That's what I've learned in these last three years. And I'm not saying that out of a place of just, um, you know, being overly positive, but I've seen it time and time again. So the idea with the, with the choreography is really coming back to the idea of using body language consciously. Mm. because it works in both ways. So body language works from the inside out, meaning that 
you have the thought, feeling, and emotion, and then express expresses itself physically. Um, and then you have the reverse of that, which is putting a new movement pattern on the body, and it also changes the internal state. So that's the idea of when working with choreography, which is what makes embodied dance different from like five rhythms or like a lot of the improvisational dance. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love improvisational dance. I do it all the time. But in working with choreography, you're putting a new structure and pattern and a new way of moving. So you're giving permission for a person to step into a new identity mm. in a way. And it actually supports that rewiring of the neural pathways when you're also working with the emotional mental state of it. So it's, it's complex and simple at the same time. But um, I really feel that, you know, choreography has this, this opportunity to, to change a person's relationship with who they think they are and what they're capable of, right? Um, last thing I'll say, and then we'll take a little moment. I started kind of developing this out a few years back or five, 10 years back because it was, it, I started working with myself, of course, back when I was in Australia and I was moving through a tough time and changing a lot about what I think I could or couldn't do. Um, so when I started working with dancers and people that I got to know that would come to my class and I would see that they had these habitual ways of moving that didn't really match up to what I knew they were capable of doing. Mm. So it's like, well, geez, you have like extraordinary strength and flexibility. Why are you just walking around like tiptoeing around the room? You know, and it was like, I got to know them deeper and it was like these limiting beliefs they had around what their physical body, you know, or, or what they, who they thought they could or couldn't be. Mm. So using choreography and using this body language training to get them to see a new way and then to get that not only to be the thing that changes who they get to become in the dance class, but it's who you get to be when you leave the dance class because you take all of that with you. It's not just about, well, now I can dance freer and bigger. It's like, no, now you're actually claiming who you are and you're not afraid to say the truth of who you are. And that's what it is that I want for people. It's like that reclamation of self. So we'll take wow. a moment there. That's just a lot. <laughs> that Well, it's huge. And what a gift. I mean, the whole idea of reclamation of self of finding that inner truth, of being the mirror for someone else to begin to see within themselves what you can see clearly, but they're not seeing yet. And the whole idea of choreographed dance as a pathway for integrative healing, you know, that, that addresses mind, body, heart, and soul, brings it all together in one package for more than just entertainment, but for actual personal healing, growth, stepping into that soul on fire, you know, idea that that's transformative. And it's huge. It's huge. What a gift to the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, well, the thing that I say about it is it's way bigger than I am. And I'm just the listener and the channel and the vessel. Mm. And, you know, I think that that concept in that thing or whatever it is, how it wants to come through, it's just, I'm honored and humbled to be the vessel, you know, to be a vessel, because I'm sure I'm not the only one, but you know, that it, this is coming through me as a, as a gift, but it's, it's doesn't have too much to do with me. It uses my experiences, but 
I definitely feel it more like as a thing that I listen to, as opposed to a thing that I mentally um, make happen. So that's the different thing of it. And it's, um, you know, it kind of goes against the standards of like academics and research and things like that. Although those things are important and like you shared, I was a college professor. I did that whole route and I did my grad school thing. And, you know, they gave me a hard time for it. Initially, they gave me a hard time a little bit because, you know, it is a big concept and it's like, you know, how are you going to do that? <laughs> oh, and then they saw the work and they were like, oh, okay, we see it now. <laughs> but um, I want to say it's evolutionary and it's revolutionary because, yeah. because of the reclamation and because we're saying, just like you and I were talking a little bit before we got on, like how, you know, this time is about so much taking back who we really are and um, not being afraid to go against the things that we've been told, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not that we're necessarily like, although I do identify a bit as a rebel, it's not necessarily just being outright rebellious. It's just really that seek for what is my truth and alignment um, in the face of all the things I'm seeing, you know, and having the courage to not just do what's comfortable. And what the very best thing in the world to be stubborn on behalf of right there and to have that courage and that stubbornness kind of driving behind it so that you can be of benefit and helping with the reclamation of others that's that's huge and you know as much as we talk and think that like higher education i spent time in higher education as well is a place of of mind expanding growth and all these other things there's a lot of boxes and a lot of boxes there's a yeah. lot of indoctrination yeah. especially today there's a lot of um this is how you should do it. and here's the acceptable way that you should do it in you know um so anyway go ahead i yeah. I, I think in the time since since we've met online um you were fairly recently choosing to to leave higher ed and kind mm -hmm. of making the decision to to jump into this full time and what what helped you get to like have the courage or make that decision to make that kind of pivot and shift and what's life been like in the, in the sure. wake of Yeah. I'm going to get super raw with you. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's really good stuff. Right. I mean, not that I mean, I'm typically raw, but here we go. So, um, <laughs> you know, I went the route that, well, of course, you know, I, I did my MFA and I did all of that because of a variety of reasons. I'm really grateful I did it. I, you know, truly um, had a beautiful experience with it. And I feel like it supported what I came to do with it. Mm -hmm. And then I went the route and I got some jobs teaching and I couldn't pay my bills. Mm -hmm. So it's like the system fails you, right? Because they say, hey, listen, you know, I'm at the highest level of teaching. Granted, I wasn't full time, but I was still teaching a full time course load, mm -hmm. you know, and running around. Um, doing um, extra yoga, teaching performances, seeing clients for body work and coaching. And it was like burnt out city. And I still couldn't pay my bills, you know, with, with um, these college teaching jobs, right? So that was the first issue. And then the second piece of it was I knew that I had a deeper calling and I just could, I didn't even have time for it. It was like, well, I'm teaching these lecture courses and I'm doing these technique classes. And while I got to filter my own stuff inside of that, I wasn't really fully 
doing what I, you know, even my thesis work, which was like, you know, what I'm doing now, which is dance as a healing art form. So quite honestly, even as, uh, you know, everybody good, ill, indifferent has a, a side or a, a, a viewpoint today, especially what's happened in the last two years. But, you know, New York was one of the areas that did have mandates mm -hmm. for, you know, getting the shots. And I knew it was a hard no mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I was probably one of the only people who I knew you know, on campus or in the school who felt that way. And just like I, when I was when I was a kid, my spirit said super clear. I knew exactly what was for me and I knew exactly what wasn't. And I was being really super guided. Yeah. So um, it was very hard to leave because I did miss the kids and I truly loved each of them. And they knew that. I would say I was a bit of a, the mom of the dance department in a certain way. Um, I truly cared for them. And I felt like it was important for them to see somebody walking away who was listening to their body and not just doing what they were being told. So, um, you know, to each his own, I'm not saying what people should or shouldn't do, but that was my truth. And I had to also claim it at that moment. Um, but the, the thing that was on my side was I had already started working with a coach early on in 2020 that was helping me build out this embodied dance work so that by, you know, May of 2020, when I saw things really going like, well, this is not changing, you know, nah. um, I could actually start leaving mm -hmm. um, some of these positions because I was making enough money in my business that I could because I was committing my commitment level to my business really up the ante. And I started sharing a lot more programs and they were, they were doing well. And I was very humbled to, um, it was like, Oh my God, you mean I can really do this? You know, like I can really share my work and make a living, you know? And it was that whole acceptance of that, um, initially. So those were the, the main points. And it was really like, stepping out of like the way that things have been done like okay you go to school here you do that and you go here and then you can't really quite still make it and then deciding to completely jump ship and saying you know what I'm in with my own work no matter how challenging that's going to be like that's where my heart is mm -hmm. and um hell or high water going forward this is what I'm going to be doing till I stop breathing so I might as well jump in with both feet I just feel your your soul doing a happy dance, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah choir. And, and as you know, as an entrepreneur, it's not all, you know, it's it's super challenging. Yeah. You know, it's not like that, you know, you jump in and then it's the easiest thing ever. It's like, no, not at all. Right. I mean, it certainly stretches you as 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 a human, as as a as a business person, and you bump up against every single doubt and fear, you know, and limitation you ever thought, didn't even know you had. Um, one of the things I've been really impressed with, you know, following what you put out in the world for the last, you know, year or so, it, your consistency and your ability to kind of stay focused on, on your area while not like getting pigeonholed, I, I guess. Um, you came out with with something just this past week that that I responded to that, you know, this idea of of the Jacqueline of all trades, you know, like, do you have to put yourself in this tiny little box? Can you be, can you have broader interests? How do you pull it all together? Would 
I just found it so interesting. Would you mind sharing a little bit about kind of where you came down on that, on that side? Cause that's an area where I get kind of sideways with some coaching on occasion, you know? Um, yeah. The jack of all trades thing is something I've felt from a very, uh, a very long time. And uh, I've always had so many interests and, you know, throughout my, I've, I've always worked for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something I decided very early on. I, you know, I knew that at 15, I just wasn't meant to work for anyone. There's a whole other story there. I won't, <laughs> I won't waste time with it, but I knew very early on, like, whoa, I'm not joining the workforce and sitting at a desk. Like, whoa, that's not for me. And uh, so I knew I had to do something else. So I ended up doing a lot of different things just to kind of make it all work. So, you know, massage therapy, I taught Pilates, I taught yoga. Um, I did energy healing. Um, I was a coach. I did nutrition. I was a personal trainer. I taught group fitness classes. And I did this all in the same week. Mm hmm for years yes you were exhausted you had to have been exhausted (laughs) I don't even know how I did it looking back now but but, you know I did all of that and people would be like oh my god you're a walking wellness center what can we do for here what can we do for this and I you know I did a lot of it it was amazing fulfilling work um but yeah you're burning the candle at 24 ends and you just you know very little coming in even financially you know because you go teach a group class and you get you know depending on what it is. It's not much, you know, it's a bag bag of groceries. So, um, you know, I wrote that post because I feel like people, uh, you know, feel this pressure societally to just kind of pick one thing that is um, supported by, you know, it's like, well, you know, you're a banker, you're a, a, you know, you're a person who specializes only in this particular thing. And I think the beauty of humans and part of what I do in the embodied dance teacher training and part of what I do with my one-on-one clients is to really truly discover what are their unique gems Mm. that they are bringing forward. Because even though I'm training you in the embodied dance teacher training and giving you all the foundational tools that you need to teach, and that you need to um, create and choreograph and work with clients. My joy is actually to discover what are the unique pieces of you that feel called into service, because it's probably something that is what I'm going to call your superpower. Mm -hmm. And your superpower is not going to be just going, well, I'm just a vinyasa yoga teacher, you know, but it's like, what are the things that when they come together, make you feel the most alive? So it's like embodied dance is a piece of all the things that I love the most. And um, nobody told me I could do it or gave me permission for it. Or, you know, it was just kind of like, man, I just have to do this sort of thing. I mean, yes, I did have some great coaches towards the end, you know, that I could, that I could really say who I was and they supported me. But um, there is something to the eclectic grouping of your passions into, yes, into one umbrella, I'll call, you know, and then it's kind of like having a toolbox. So you just have to decide like what your umbrella is called and then decide who you love working with. And you're, you're almost there, you know, those are the hardest pieces, but it's really, you know, discovering your unique strengths and, the things about, you know, okay, so you love, you love being a yoga teacher. Why do you love yoga? You know, it's probably different from the other person who's teaching, right? So 
um, I think it's discovering more the whys, why you love the certain things. You know, if you understand why you love coaching Mm -hmm. and why you love dance and why you love this, you can probably see that they're all part of the same why. Mm -hmm. So if you can sort of get that that clear for you, you can name your work a little differently because then you know why you're serving and a little bit more about who you're serving and kind of the results that you get people. So Mm -hmm. it's... All that stuff is such a huge learning curve. Yeah. 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 It's so important. I'm curious. I've got to ask, have you ever had your human design chart done? I have. I'm a generator and that's pretty much all I think I know. Sacral. Yeah. Sacral and generator. Sacral. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I, I'm a manifesting generator and I'm like, oh, you sound so, I mean, <laughs> so similar, you know, in, in ways, just the idea that picking one thing, it feels like putting yourself in a suffocating box. It's like, I can't, I can't do that. But when you said um, that you've, you, my joy is to discover the unique pieces of you that are being called into, into service, that whole idea of joy, you know, when you sent pictures over, for example, the one of, of you dancing, which is, which is the one that's going to be, you know, go along with, with the, uh, with the podcast. I just saw joy in you. Like I look at your face and I look at your body. I'm like, that's, that's joy embodied right there. And it felt so right, you know, with, Mm. with the idea of embodied dance. Um, You know, another thing in looking at the work that you do, and I want to come back to your logo for a minute, because the first time I saw like your logo, I'm, I'm like, that to me just said it all, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like this reaching for the stars, but so grounded with this tree, you know, kind of like a dancing tree image in a way, woman in a, in a tree. Um, it just felt so right. Mm-hmm. How did you get to that, you know, to that particular image as representative of your, your yeah. work? Well, you're, you're super tuned in too. So it's like, I think, you know, because of how tuned in you are, you kind of see the truth in things, you know, that's probably why you love doing what you do mm-hmm. in your own, you know, sense of connecting to people, because it's just like, I don't know, you have this incredible sense of connection as well that I, I, I really love that about you. Um, well, the logo was, you know, a, kind of a present a gift from an (laughs) ex-boyfriend, but, you know, we had it designed, but I kind of had an idea of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in speaking about connection, it really was that, you know, I think before you and I actually started this conversation, we were talking a little bit more about like that sense of being embodied. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like spiritual body and physical body and the earth. And, you know, how is this a unification and how does dance speak to all three? Because it does. Yeah. So it's like, I wanted an image that represented connection and, you know, to like the truth of what connection is, which is spirit, earth, and heart. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, it's, it's part of this grander expression Mm -hmm. of what it is to be human. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had a beautiful man, um, you know, he's in the, you know, in, in Indonesia somewhere, you know, we got to know each other pretty well who designed it. But um, yeah, it was, it just really spoke very clearly to that. Um, who are we when we're fully connected? Because that was the thing that, you know, as a yoga teacher, you know, that's the thing I loved about yoga was that connection. It was like spiritual body, physical body, and like bringing it together. And it was kind of the thing in dance that 
we weren't doing as much, right? It was just like, we are physical bodies and we're going to beat ourselves up a little bit about everything. You know, we're not good enough. We're not this, we're not that. And, you know, shifting that perspective from physical perfection to expression and connection. Hmm. Because expression and connection, when done from an honest place, becomes healing. And intimacy building. So, um, yeah. So that's the story of the uh, the logo. <laughs> well, it's it's beautiful, and I hope you're writing a book or something. You have these gems of the way you use words that is really beautiful. As as a word nerd Thank myself, you. I. But the, so many times I've just hit by. It just happened in conversation, really. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> nugget of gold right there. So I'm going to go through and mine your gold nuggets and <laughs> and share them as well. But. And that's the difference to me between someone who's really passionate and like all in for what they do, that kind of, of divine inspiration, that kind of wisdom from everything from a dance move and choreography to the words you choose to share what you do. It all comes together and, and seems to flow with greater ease. Mm. And I know it hasn't been easy, you know, no, to it hasn't but the flow. No. And allowing that flow um, with ease and its own sense of grace is is quite beautiful. And you know, my my experience with dance itself, two years old, tap and ballet class. And I remember thinking back the first time I saw one of those, I don't know if you've seen it, like the hippopotamus with the tutu and the toe shoes. That that's what I felt like, right? Because, yeah. yeah, because I, I was not I, I I didn't look like a dancer, but I knew all the steps. I, I knew them all in my brain. I knew all the steps, but it was so, it was pretty early that kind of the mm. joy, when you look at kids dancing, there's just such a free, just freedom and joy and play, you know, and, and then we're told how it should look and kind of the joy goes away <laughs> at that point. Yeah. You don't fit a mold. And it almost feels like you're bringing joy back. For, for for not just a select few, but allowing joy to come back through dance for anyone who wants it. Right. Absolutely. And then, you know, the thing I want to say about it, that the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I knew who I was before I started this path, which was a person who was locked inside my own body, mm. a person who couldn't communicate, a person who was not comfortable at all with people, with myself, with expression with anything and I feel like dance in this way gave me my life when I pursued it from these ways because through dance and through the healing aspect of what I do and what I teach it was about also removing all the things that I wasn't all the things that we inherit the ancestral the collective beliefs the the imposed negativity um all of that stuff. And it's like so much of what I teach and do in embodied dance is about working through the belief systems. And it's like when you're releasing the belief systems, you're ultimately more free. You're more free to get bigger and fuller and more expanded and more connected. So it's like, that's the thing that I typically work with and through the most. So I want to say embodied dance, if I'm going to, you know, try to talk about it in a specific way, because it's so big, it's really, um, looking to give the person their full toolbox, you know, in a way so that you can 
really claim what you're here to, to do and be in your joy and be in your fulfillment. But if we're walking around feeling not okay, we're walking around feeling um, all of this heaviness and all of these um, beliefs that we don't know where they come from, but the subconscious is just running all the time. You're not really going to feel free. You're not going to feel yourself. You're not even going to know who you are. So, so much of the stuff that we use, like I said, to move energy through the dancing is to look at that stuff in the eye and to go, Hey, is this true? And who am I if I'm not that? So you get to expand into more of a limitless self. And I'm going to say, if there's any amount of like confidence that I've had over, you know, time through this work, it's by releasing all that junk. And just stepping into more of like limitless self and just hoping to be the, you know, the light that um, others can also see in terms of what they would want. Like, I want to also feel limitless. I also want to feel free um, being here on this, you know, crazy planet. Mm. Yeah. Well, what a, what a gift. And I know that you've got the, um, the embodied dance teacher training, mm -hmm. but people don't have to be dance instructors to work with you, do they? So, no. what are some, so there's, there's the teacher certification, but then what are some other ways that those of us who maybe, you know, are not stage bound anytime soon you know, yeah, sure. might, be, might be able to work with you? Sure. So even though, even in the embodied dance teacher training, the two kind of people that I get the most are people who are dancing, who are looking to bring the healing arts into what they do, or there are people in the healing arts who actually want to bring dancing into what they're already offering. Some of them are like shamanic workers and they want to bring dance into working with their clients. So that, you know, it's, it's depending on what you want to do. So the other programs that I have, um, one is called embody your dance, which is actually the first piece of the teacher training that they move through anyway. Mm -hmm. But this is working through the energetic body through dance and movement, just as I was sharing a minute ago around one at a time, clearing out the heavy limiting beliefs from each chakra. Mm -hmm. And I do it in a very thorough process. And every time I do it, even though it's my own process, boy, this thing, it's like, there's so much, there's so many layers, there's so much to like, you know, be with so it's it's a beautiful thing so i may end up offering that live come january mm. i haven't done it live in a while um, most of my work is online at this time so embody your dance is a um a journey through the chakra system so for mm. people who want to come back into their body who want to come back into dancing and who are on a path of self-reclamation and power and to like you know know themselves um more deeply and to um yeah be more fully expressed that's for them and the other thing i do <clears throat> is i work with people more one-on-one -on -one in terms of business coaching and i'm um, doing some mastermind work i have a program called impact to income which is about very similar things it's kind of like how do you be you in business through these structural things you need to implement and also what are all the stories that are standing in your way? So it's very similar where it's like mm. having to let go and um, be on this path of initiation towards your business, which I call the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the business journey is the hero's journey. It's all your stuff's going to come up. You can put all the structures you want in place. You can have these things. <clears throat> if you don't believe in yourself and you don't think you can do it and you have all the subconscious stuff going on, 
I was there. I went through all of it. It paralyzed me for years, right? So it's like when I'm working with people one-on-one and I'm working with people in these mentorship mastermind groups, it's really about here's the structures. So what's coming up for you around this? And then working through all the pieces. Mm. So you don't even know what's there until you start paddling. (laughs) Absolutely. So those are the main things. And and all of these things are on my website, which is embodied. dash dance.com and you can kind of offerings.com. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'll put that, I'll make sure to include that in the, uh, in the show notes, as far as social media is concerned, is there any special way that, that folks can connect with you there? Sure. So, uh, in, uh, the Instagram is embodied dot dance instead of the dash. <laughs> so it's embodied dot dance, my Instagram account. Uh, Alison Pagano, social media. Uh, My Facebook group is called Embodied Dance for those on the path of healing through movement. Mm. Um, Might be easier to find me through that. So yeah, that's how you connect. And um, the teacher training program is uh, open enrollment. So people can jump in at any time. I will probably be um, introducing new pricing in 2023. So if they want to get on sooner than later, the time is probably good now. Uh, I take calls to connect and learn about people um, and see if the work is a good fit and if it supports them. So um, like I said, um, my joy is really in supporting the individual to achieve what it is that they're here to do. Because I feel like the time that we're at on the planet, all hands on deck, we need you. Yeah, we are reclaiming the world we want to live in, not the one that's been. So um, if people are feeling called to show up, and they're feeling like they want to advocate for their bodies and for healing, and they want to be of service, those are the kind of people I want to work with. Mm. Perfect. On that note, thank you so much, obviously, for being on, having this conversation, being on the show today, but thank you for the work that you do in the world. You're an inspiration to, you know, as I look at, holy, wow, you know, this is, this isn't just for professional dancers. This is for people just like me, who there are so many layers of healing and, and, and reclamation that can be benefited, you know, that, that can be catalyzed through embodied dance that we could all, we could all benefit from it, you know? And so thank you for making that possible and for being a stubborn rebel on behalf of reclamation. Yeah. Because that, that, (laughs) and that, that's what us where we're going. We need with that (laughs) stubborn rebel spirit, I think, but, but also thoughtfulness and the passion to make it real in the world, to work through the struggle to have the grit to keep going and to, to make it real in the world. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much for all that you do and all that you share. And I find your work so incredibly, um, you know, it's so nurturing and it's so um, grounding and um, nourishing, I want to say. And what you offer just feels so genuine and so um, enlivening at the same time. So it's a really beautiful combination. And I really enjoy all the things that you share and put out. So um, super honored to be here and uh, cheers to the uh, the stubbornness, right? It kind of gets us through a lot. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you very much. And to all of those who are, who are listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube, thank you so much for your time and attention as well. Please do feel free to reach out to Alice and I'll include contact information in the show notes. And until next week, 
find that thing that you're stubborn about. Find that thing that brings joy and aliveness and fire from your soul through your body and let that be the change you make in the world. Until next week. <laughs>